Welcome to a preview of round 10 on NRL.com. My name is Chris Kennedy. With me, as always, is NRL.com crack reporter Alicia Newton. Alicia, thank you for being here. Not a problem, as always, CK. Good to see you. And it's our very great pleasure to welcome, I think, for the second time, but the first this year, former Jillaroo now with Channel 9, Alana Ferguson. Alana, thank you for being here. Thank you, guys. I'm pumped. Bring on round 10, hey? Yeah, magic round up there in Suncorp. All eight games, no Thursday games. So we've got double Friday, triple Saturday, triple Sunday. Um, very big weekend of footy in store. Let's get straight into uh, the teams. So Thursday, uh, sorry, Friday night, I should say, force of habit, Tigers and the Knights. Um, Alana, I'll start with you. We are just talking off air. The, uh, the West Tigers made a lot of changes. Adam Dewey, who has been one of their best players this year, shuffled out to the centres. Moses Embai into the halves. Stefano Utukamanu back to the reserves. Sean Blory's first game of the year off the bench. Jock Madden, the halfback, his first NRL game ever. He's in on the bench. Uh, Jacob Little replaces Jake Simkin. So mass changes. Um, what is, for you, does this make sense? Is it desperation stakes? You know, what's what's going on? Look, to be honest, it doesn't make much sense to me. The biggest one is Dewey out to the centres. For me, he's definitely been the Tigers' shining light, but the style of football that he's been playing, the questions that he asks of the defence when they need someone to straighten their side up and really take the line on, he's the one player every single game that's been putting his hand up to do so. We've seen Brooks come in and out um, and inject himself at times in the games. And then he has the games where he's just completely MIA. But for me, it's Dewey that's been the most consistent and the most damaging in terms of attacking ability and also just setting up a lot of their structure. So putting him to the centers and out of the action blows my mind a little bit. I guess Madge is just wondering what to do and maybe he isn't confident in terms of giving Luke Brooks a bit of a breather, but um, I guess he's still made a place for him in the side, which is absolutely crucial because he's one of, if not their best player at the moment. And I love his combination with Dane Laurie too. Mm. But yeah, it's, it blows my mind a little bit that he, that he has been pushed out and he will have far less injections in their, in their attacking side. Alicia, it's a, a bit of a weird one. How do you see Jock Madden getting into the game? Is that potentially, you know, Moses Embai goes to hooker to spell Jacob Little and Madden gets some time in the halves? Or, you know, it's, it's a bit of a, a reshuffle for the Tigers. Yeah, my only thinking around it is, like, is Adam Dewey too dominant, you know, for, for that halves combination? Is Madge trying to sort of get the best out of Brooks by pushing Dewey aside and sort of pushing him in the centres? As Lana says, it doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense. To us, but there's got to be something more in it. Like um, he's a very dominant playmaker. He's had a lot of carries this this year, um, whereas Brooks has sort of gone you know, in the back burner a little bit. Whereas we really needed him to stand up, you know, if he, if the Tigers wanted him to, to do well this year. So I think there might be a little bit of a sneaky change. I, I'm feeling Jock Madden's going to start, um, and if he doesn't, I think he's going to get a fair bit of game time. He's a really good player, and up against his his junior club in the Knights, um, you know, it's it what an opportunity for him to do it. Um, so, yeah, I think there'll be a little bit more of a change there. But, um, yeah, I think Madge is just obviously looking for something because Dewey's been on fire the last couple of weeks um, in a team that obviously won against the Dragons and then uh, lost last week against the Titans. What about your Knights uh, morale-boosting win uh, last week against the Raiders? Kalen Ponga, after a quiet couple of games, was sensational in the, the second half. They, they certainly needed that sort of a, a performance. What are you expecting from them this week? Yeah, I mean, I was watching it 16-0. I thought, oh, man, this is uh, this is not going to be a fun second half. But, I mean, it, it could have gone either way, couldn't it? Like, they could have just really let it blown out or just turn, turn their season around. Um, a lot of people are sort of saying that that was what could kickstart them now into a bit of a 
into a bit of a platform until Mitch Pierce gets back. So um, yeah, it was a good win. I don't think anyone at 16 nil would have tipped to come back. I certainly didn't. Um, and they've, they've shown signs. That's the thing all year. They they show signs. They come in and out of games. And uh, you know when they when they're on, they they can sort of match with any other team. But when they're off, it's a different story. So um, yeah, I like I like the return of Lockie Fitzgibbon. I thought he added a lot when he came on on that left edge and sort of just allowed the the forward pack a bit more of a rotation, a bit more unpredictability, which is uh which is what the Knights need, you know, against this Tigers side this week. Alana, how do you see this one panning out? The, the Knights on a bit of a high after that comeback last week. Tigers conceding a lot of points um, of late and, and obviously made a lot of changes as a result. What are, you, what are you tipping for this one? I think a lot of it will come down to the way that the Knights approach this game. The most impressive part last week for me was how desperate they were, particularly in the, in the back end and the second 40 and just how they approached that 40 minutes. Really well coached, but it a lot of that was attitude. Of course, we saw brilliance from players like Ponga and then other strike players being brought into the game. But they've always had that talent. It's just when and whether or not they implement it in the game. So for me, for the Tigers, there's, just, there's too many changes. They, they look really unstable. The way that Madge's coached them, they can't be boosting with confidence, just the way that their games have been going. So I think it's definitely the Knights game to win. They've got some momentum. They've got some confidence. And if they are as desperate as they were, last week, then, yeah, I think the Knights will win this one. Your tip, Alicia? Well, whoever I tip out of these two teams, they let me down each week. And when I don't back, <laughs> they win. So I've gone with the Knights, which means the Tigers win is not, you know, not out of the question. So, uh, yeah, but not, not a lot of confidence on that one. Yeah, three tips uh, from the panel for the Knights. So Tigers are uh, almost a sure thing. The second Friday game, <laughs> the Seagulls up against the Broncos. Uh, Alana, the, the turnaround in Manly since Tom Trevojevic has been back. I mean, there's been a lot said over the, the past month. I, I can't recall a, a single player, even yet, your Andrew Johnsons of the world, having quite such a dominant change or effect on, on one team as what Tommy's had on this Manly side since he's been back. Um, Broncos have sort of turned a bit of a corner of, you know, of their own since, um, you know, Milford has been brought back alongside Tyson Gamble. So an intriguing uh, clash up there at Suncorp, which is a home game for for Manly, but um, Brisbane's usual home patch. Yeah, the turbo effect. How good is he? I'm really pumped. I'll be there at Magic Round for this and cannot wait to be calling this game. But it's very, again, it's pretty, it's a pretty tricky one to predict because the Broncos, as you said, they've been building really nicely. And I think the style of football, they're starting to find themselves a little bit. They are showing a little bit more confidence and they're connecting much better in attack and defense, which is key for them, particularly in defense, because that's when the game just gets way out of control for them. Um, but it's hard to predict with Turbo because he just keeps pulling out these the plays and the tries and the ways that he injects himself into the game that is just unbelievable. The influence that he has on and within Manly is, it's insane. And everyone around him rises. Players all of a sudden are running harder and hitting the holes harder and tackling and they're getting more numbers in the tackles. So he obviously provides a lot from the back in terms of his communication and making sure everyone is in the right spot and doing their job. But it's almost like when you're playing footy, you want to be doing it for your mates, but it's almost like they all just want to do it for him and he brings them up and there's a lot to say for doing it for your coach and doing it for your family. But you can tell that when he's in that side, they are a tight-knit family and everyone just wants to rip in. And he instigates it and he definitely starts it and he gives them plenty of go forward in terms of those line breaks and setting up, you know, even just starting their sets brilliantly because he does brush past so many defenders. 
but they all lift and he's so brilliant at making that happen and getting everyone around him to be playing their best footy. So his influence is enormous. And I think this is going to be a really close game because simply purely because of how Turbo is playing at the moment, getting his teammates to play, but then also on the back of that, how well the Broncos really are building into this season. I've been really impressed with them. What do you make of this one, Alicia? The Broncos' edge defence seems to have been a bit better in recent weeks with Tyson Gamble in there. Um, the forwards have, have sort of lifted as well. Payne Guy out on an edge has been quite dominant. Payne Haas, obviously, uh, just doing what he does as well. Yeah, I reckon Kevy's found the right formula. And obviously, given you know Milfie's time in reserve grade, bringing him back in and Tyson Gamble um, sort of just wants the ball. You know, we, we don't, haven't seen it with Brisbane's halves in the past where they actually want, want the ball and... and Tyson Gamble has brought that. So the, I reckon they've got a, the night, like the right formula now. It's just a matter of sort of building on. They were pretty unlucky last week, to be honest. They played a really good game. And that, you know, that last 10, 15 minutes, the Cowboys just uh, just flew home. So they'll take a lot of confidence out of that game, um, aside from the result. Um, but, yeah, I mean, mainly for me, like that first 30 minutes, I thought the Warriors were, you know, pretty much all over them and probably getting into the Warriors' performance a bit later. But... As soon as I think they had that, they bombed that certain try. And then after that, Manly just sort of got a sniff and ran away with it. So there's still a couple of things, I think, with Manly that, um, you know, Tom, Tommy T can't, can't do it all. And, um, you know, at, one, at some point he's going to sort of get, um, you know, contained. So how do they then build around that? I think that's the big thing. If Tommy's not firing, then how else do they find that winning formula? All right, give us a tip. Uh, I went with Manly purely on the back of Tommy. And Lana? Yeah, I'm with her there. It's three for Manly. The Bulldogs and the mm-hmm. Raiders kick off uh, Saturday football. Um, Alana Bulldogs, pretty ordinary last week. They've um, they've dropped poor Kyle Flanagan, who fronted an emotional press conference this week to you know talk about his uh, recent form struggles, which I thought was uh, very brave on his part. Um, up against a, a Raiders team that just looks absolutely shot for confidence. Um, was it five straight losses now for them? Um, second halves, uh, as we've all, all seen, have been absolutely terrible. They keep getting up at half time and then getting run down. What are you expecting from this contest? Yeah, firstly, just on Kyle Flanner, I, th- I thought he conducted himself really well and he certainly didn't have to confront the media. So, um, yeah, w- well done by Flano. He's still a young kid that obviously hasn't found his spot within the NRL just yet. So well done to him. He's got a, still got a huge future. But the Bulldogs have some enormous issues with their attack. They obviously let in points against the Dragons, but their attack just is not asking any questions. It's very sideways. Um, Kyle Flanagan in the first 40 minutes was a part of that and did play his role in terms of not straightening up. Um, they've got a f- couple of big men in the middle, like Ofehigi Ogden. Whenever he has the ball, he goes straight through them. And, and their halves, it should be the halves and the fullback should be there every single time supporting. And that's where they look most damaging. Through the middle, the second phase plays, little offloads, someone coming back against the grain or a little inside ball. And they just, they simply weren't doing it. So they obviously, whether it was coaching or them not following what the instructions were, they thought the way to beat the Dragons was to just deliver the ball to the edges, to start in the middle and just try and shift it out wide. But the Dragons were defending that easily. The only times they had trouble were through the middle and they just weren't able to adapt their attack and actually reap the rewards of that little forward momentum and um, the opportunities that they were able to gain in and around the ruck. So I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty easy issue to resolve really because all it took was a line break from one of their middle forwards and, and the support play, which wasn't there, that's easy to fix up. 
So I think that's a big strength of the Bulldogs. Their defense needs work, but but again, they were on the back foot. They didn't have much ball and they were tired. So that's a really tricky one to comment on. The Raiders mm. lacking confidence. Uh, they're not coming together very well as a team. There's obvious issues, which I think are just playing out on the footy field. When you're playing footy, you really need to dig deep. You need to put everything on the line in what you know when you are fatigued and when you're hurting and when you're injured. They just they're not doing it. None of none of their football is coming together at the moment, and it's a pretty solid reflection of probably what it's like within that camp at the moment. What do you but this is a very very winnable game for the Raiders. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they should be, you know, winning this game based on what we've seen from the Bulldogs. Uh, Alicia, Josh Hodgson back uh, this week, named on the bench, uh, gave a press conference um, today as we sit here about sort of doing his best for the team. There has been rumours of disconsent and, and homesickness and so on amongst the um, the playing group, which they've all said is, is not the case. Um, but whether that's true or not, they, they certainly do look down on confidence. What are you expecting from Canberra? Like they, they should get this win, right? Yeah, I mean, there's every opportunity. I did listen to that press conference today, actually, and, um, you know, Hodjo ever so honest and, and sort of just said people are looking for excuses on why we're playing so poorly and, you know, everything's coming, sort of hitting them at once. So the only way they can turn that around is, you know, it's, it's funny how you win a couple of games and it, everything goes quiet. So that's what they're obviously after. Um, but, yeah, I don't know where he's going to play. He sort of acknowledged today that Tommy Starling, you know, he's the future and um, he won't stand in his way. His ego's not big enough for that. So um, it'll be very interesting interesting to see how it plays out long term but for now you know he's focused on a win and I can't I think this is a perfect opportunity to get away from Canberra and um, get it done up in top court. Yeah, I've, I've seen them, you know, previous times when they're on the field together, then Starling sort of takes the dummy half and Hodgson turns into that sort of loose ball playing forward, like a roving sort of 13 uh, type of role, which they've been able to do successfully uh, in the past. So I don't I don't imagine it's one of them on and one of them off at all times. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting, like you say, how it pans out. Uh, finishes with the tip, Alicia? Yeah, Raiders. Alana? Raiders. Three Raiders from the panel. The Sharks take on <laughs> the Rabbitohs uh, in the second Saturday game. Um, Alana, can the Bunnies bounce back from the absolute demolition they copped from the storm? I know they had a lot of players out. Um, they probably get Adam Reynolds, we think, back this week from the thumb injury. And then they've got, you know, Campbell Graham, Latrell Mitchell, Cameron Murray, all these other guys sidelined. Um, Sharks, almost the same scoreline, 48 nil. They copped it from the Panthers. So this is two teams coming off an absolute walloping um, last week. Yeah, it's a heartbreaker for me. I'm a Sharkies girl, so yeah. <laughs> it's sad watching that one. But, yeah, look, they're, they're, they're not turning up. So the Sharks have a lot to improve on. See, it's really tricky because they had four of probably five or six of their really key players gone. I think Adam Reynolds alone being back will make a really big difference. Like Even if you just look at the side and have a look at Reynolds and Benji in the halves with Cody out the back. That that already gives them so many more opportunities, which, you know, it, knowing that they'll get to their kicks and be able to kick to the corners, they can apply more pressure. It's those l- smaller aspects of the game will, that will actually keep them in the game. Melbourne were very good. And as soon as they opened Souths up, they, they, they fell to pieces. They were able to score tries left, right and centre and their defence just went right out the window. But... I don't necessarily think the Sharks will do that, nor do I think they've got meant like the mentally they've got it over South Sydney. Melbourne Storm are the benchmark and you know that they can score a thousand points if you want to. I just, I don't think that Sharks will have that over South Sydney. I think they'll find ways to get out of it, but 
the inclusion uh, of Reynolds, if he is back, will make an enormous difference to the way that Souths play. And, yeah, as I said, those three combining in their back line is absolutely scary. They're packed solid. But for the Sharks, particularly being a diehard fan, the thing that I've been most disappointed with week in, week out is probably the potential of Sean Johnson and what I'm not seeing since he's been back up. I I reckon you could count the amount of times that Sean Johnson's been tackled this year because he's just not taking the line on like we know that he can. And he's kicking or passing the ball far too early, which makes it very easy to read as an opposition. So I'd honestly love to see this game, this game, even if, even if Sharks still lost it for Sean Johnson to get tackled 15 times and just run full pelt, show his teammates that he's in it. He's ready to play dirty and that he wants to be in that contest. And then next week, let's see what you can do with the footy. But I think they need to play a tougher brand. I think there's a few key players that really need to put their hand up. And obviously, getting his footy in the hand uh, very early on in the sets and steering the ship alongside Townsend. Sean Johnson is one of the people that really need to make a big difference and step it up this week. Do you think potentially just coming back from that Achilles injury, it might still be in his head a little bit? You obviously came back from some serious injuries in your playing career. Is that potentially, like they say it's a hard one to come back from and you're sort of a bit tentative. Do you, do you think this could be a factor at all? Well, if, if it's a factor, he shouldn't be playing NRL. So uh, plenty of people have come back from injuries, myself, ACL injuries, shoulders. If you don't feel 100%, you should not take the football field. It's a contact sport and... He's getting paid the big bucks to do his job, but I don't think he's doing it well enough. So if that is the case, then he simply shouldn't be on the field. But no, I don't I don't think it is. I think it's a matter of I've seen it, it's been within his game for for years to often play that way a little bit before the line and put other players under pressure at times. He is insane when he takes the line on that little bit more he's just not doing it at the moment Mm. so we've seen him dig into the line a little bit deeper and put his body onto the line which has which the outcome actually benefits whatever team he's playing for brilliantly he's just not doing it at the moment not enough nowhere near enough Mm. strong words alicia what are you expecting from this one Oh, Coach Ferguson's firing up over there. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell I'm a bloody fan? I just want him to win. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, like I agree about Sean. I do think it's like the injury, um, you know, I don't care who you are sort of thing. I think it, it, it does take a bit of time. But as Lana says in the NRL, there's people don't really have a lot of patience. So, um, you know, if he's not if he's not fit enough, he needs to move along. Um, but no, I think... Mate, I, think I wouldn't have that. patience if he was playing club footy. <laughs> It's not good enough. You're playing rugby league. <laughs> As I said, Coach Virgo. Um, but, um, look, I expect the Rabbitohs to bounce back. I, I just don't think that um, the Sharks will throw much at any opposition at this point. And, uh, yeah, they're in, they're in trouble. So, um, yeah, it'll be Rabbitohs for me. Lana, can you tip your Sharkies? No, mate. Not yet. <laughs> it's, oh, no. <laughs> I'd love to, but no. <laughs> All right, three tips for the Bunnies. Saturday footy finishes up with the Roosters up against uh, the Cowboys. Alicia, I'll start with you. Roosters, um, just more shocking injuries. They lost another half. Drew Hutchison going down, obviously, in that challenge from Dylan Brown with the the broken rib. They do get Lockie Lamb back, which is very timely. Um, Up against a Cowboys team who bit Jekyll and Hyde this year. They were diabolical the first month and they managed to get that win against the um, the Tigers. They've been pretty good since then. Uh, they lost a half of their own with Ben Hampton uh, going down with that that pec strain, but Jakey Clifford into the team had a, a big influence over them. What, do you, what are the key issues in this game? 
Yeah, easily Jake Clifford's best game last week. Um, I guess the task for him now is to, to back it up against the Roosters side that, um, you know, was pretty gallant last week against the Eels, it must be said. I mean, if, you know, the whole Dylan Brown inf- uh, incident gets sort of adjudicated differently, who knows what that game could have ended up like. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm expecting, you know, that Roosters brick wall defensively to still be there and it, you know, it's up to the Cowboys to come up with enough um, trick plays to sort of go through it. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, and we've spoken about this previously, but Michael Morgan retiring, you know, it was always going to take them a bit of time, but I, I never expected them to, I guess, um, not be getting over it that quickly, but just sort of adjusting to not having him. And as you mentioned, Ben Hampton getting injured um, was another whack. So um, they're going along okay. Um, the Roosters, on the other hand, just need their troops back, you know, in, in some key positions. I'm keen to see how Lockie Lamb bounces back as well from his injury and, um, you know, his combination with Sam Walker. Hopefully he plays. He's got a bit of a ankle issue. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. What are you looking for in this one, Alana? I think, firstly, Victor Radley to clear all of the concussion tests. I know that he's been named in the lineup, but I think he's really key, particularly for Lockie Lamb coming back and then Sam Walker. They've still got a really strong starting side and not taking anything away from the younger halves, but Victor Radley adds a lot of depth and more than one extra layer to their attack. And I think it was very noticeable when he was missing. But yeah, he'll be key for the Roosters, his inclusion. So fingers crossed for that. And I'm really looking forward to watching Tal Malolo again because yeah. he's back. Like last week, how good. He's so damaging. He's just such a brilliant footy player to watch. I love when he's firing. And off the back of it, the Cowboys can produce some really great footy. So even just supporting him or reaping the rewards of his quick play the balls because at times you can suck in four or five defenders. So it opens up space elsewhere. But, um, yeah, probably those two. Victor Radley, really key for the Roosters this week. And then Tal Malolo, can't wait to watch him bash up against a few people and see what happens off the back of it. <laughs> it was fantastic seeing Big Jace winding up and uh, finding his way over the try line as well, back to the vintage form that we know. So Finishes good. up with a, uh, a tip, Alana. Yeah, Roosters for me. Yep. Too good. Alicia. They fill the shoes very well. <laughs> they do, Alicia. Yeah, I went with the Roosters. No great confidence. Jason Tomalolo's 200 <laughs> game as well. Speak of the devil. So, uh, yeah, yeah right. they'll be up for a big one. All right, Roosters for me as well. Sunday footy kicks off nice and early with the Warriors uh, up against the Eels. Alana, I don't know how much the Eels are going to be distracted by all this uh, COVID bubble stuff and whether they could select enough players because they all played New South Wales Cup last week and had to get exemptions. And then you've got, you know, Brad Arthur handing his son, Jacob Arthur, a debut in the halves. Jakey Arthur um, going really well, actually, in, in reserve grade for Parramatta. Quite a, a big body for a, a teenager and a strong defender. Sees the game pretty well. I don't know if you've seen a lot of him, but, um, you know, it's obviously a big change with Dylan Brown to uh, going to a, a rookie. What are you expecting from this one? He's got big wraps on him, doesn't he, Jacob? Well, yeah. question, when do we actually know if they're allowed to play or not? What day? Because I think that'll actually have an impact on just um, the Eels being able to get their head around what's actually going to happen on game day. Do we know? Do we have a day? Yeah, I think it's all basically confirmed if nothing else goes wrong. Just the, the guys who played sure. Cup last week, so Arthur, obviously, and then um, yeah. Ray Stone's the other one in the 17, and then you've got Lassie on standby for, um, for Reid Marnie who caught the HIA. They can't train with the team. But, yeah. but they can travel and they can train once they're in Brisbane, which will just be the captain's run on Saturday. But if nothing else goes awry, then they're all fine to play. Well, I mean, Jacob, uh, Brad Arthur's son, has spent his life since he was 12, I think it was, mm. at training. 
So he, yep. he's not new to what they're doing out there on the field. And then if you look at Marnie and Gutho and Moses that he gets to combine with in the spine, he's got a few pretty great people to link up with and help steer the ship. So I think his game plan, if and when he does take the field, will be quite simple. As you said, he's got that big body. He's got plenty of pace. He's fit. One of the biggest raps about him is how fit he is. So he'll be able to have his impact. But, yeah, they'll allow Jacob to play a pretty simple game plan. And the Eels pack is enormous. The work that they get through and the platform that they set, uh, yeah, I, I think that the Eels will do it and they'll do it very well this week, Given even, even though they've got some distractions. I've just been really impressed with what they've done. They still did find a way to beat the Roosters. Now, there was plenty of controversy with how it happened in the end, but they still did it. I think it was a must win for the Eels to see where they're at because they have to beat those top tide, uh, those top sides, particularly when they are under strength. So it would have outlined uh, plenty if they didn't, but they managed to win the game and they've showed us that they're in the fight till the very end and they're going to be one of the big dogs in the competition come the back end and the big four. But yeah, really impressed with what the Eels are doing and I'm really looking forward to seeing Jacob Arthur play because I love watching this new talent come in. I love the build-up and the hype and the excitement about it, the fact that his dad's coaching him. Like, how cool is that? We've got so many great stories in rugby league and I think this is one of the, the awesome ones that we just get to sit back, put our feet up and just watch play out. It's really cool. Yeah, he's, uh, he's done more NRL pre-seasons with the Parramatta Eels than most of the current <laughs> first-grade squad has, as you pointed out. How he's been good. Doing it for about eight or ten years, so um, he'll have, uh, he won't be daunted at all. Alicia, the, the Warriors, um, you know, I guess question marks over how they get young gun Reese Walsh into the game. He's named on the bench again this week. He had a huge impact when he finally got on against Manly. Nathan Brown said during the week he's not sure if he's using him uh, correctly. What are you expecting from the Warriors up against Parramatta? Yeah, I watched that game against Manly last week and by the time he got on, like Manly had all the running, whereas, as I said earlier, if they they didn't bomb that try, um, you know, they would have gone up by a couple and then um, who knows, it could have changed. So, look, I'd be starting him. I, I'm, I was surprised that they, they brought Chanel back and just threw him straight into the starting side. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be starting him and sticking with him. Um, he's their future and, um, yeah, who knows, maybe can combine them both and, and get them out there. Um, they need something that defensively, they're just leaking points. I think they've leaked over hundred in the last three weeks. So they need to fix that up because they do have a bit of firepower when they, when they click. So um, yeah, it's uh that's just a matter of, I guess, them tightening up their defense. Finish us up with a tip. Uh, I've gone with, who did I tip? Uh, you just sorry, decide now. You said Parra, didn't you? Yeah, mate, Parra. That's three for Parramatta. The uh, second Sunday game, the Storm up against the Dragons, uh, Alana. We're not quite sure yet if uh, Ryan Pappenhausen is back. We do know that Brandon Smith, Harry Grant and Cameron Munster are all out. Uh, Brandon suspended Mm. the other two with uh, short-term injuries. Uh, Despite that, I think the Storm will probably start pretty short-priced favourites against the Dragons. What are you looking for in this one? Jerome Hughes. He's been outstanding this year. And even though there are those reshuffles, Riley Jacks will come into the equation. Bromwich will play at hooker. I just think Jerome Hughes is playing the best footy of his career. But there's so many big names in the Melbourne Storm that we that we always focus on. Obviously, the hookers in the cheese and Harry Grant have been big talking points the entire season. And then you look at Munster and then you look at Pappenhausen. But Jerome Hughes keeps going under the radar. But he is exceptional. Mm. So the fact that he has 
he's already got a lot of control on the game. And I think that's the most impressive aspect that I find just sitting back and watching him play footy. He just, he does it so well, but he's got even more this week. And I think that's great. I think that he deserves it. Having Pappenhausen back will just be the game changer. If he plays, they're an absolute given for a flogging. Um, but even if he doesn't play, I'm really interested to see how Melbourne go because they just they keep finding ways to do it. Mm. And it's, it's insane. It's honestly insane. I love it. I love that you can't pick what they're always going to do and that they just keep coming out and impressing us. But, yeah, Jerome Hughes, he is such an impre- impressive footy player and I think having that much control over the game this week it will be really great to watch. Alicia Dragons did what they needed to do, obviously, against a, a pretty poor Bulldogs team last week. Are you expecting a, much of a fight against the Storm? Look, I feel like they're in that situation last year where they played a depleted Storm outfit, so they got pretty lucky again this, this year. Um, I give them every chance, you know, without Munster, Grant, Brandon Smith. I mean, that's pretty much most of their spine gone. So um, absolutely give them a chance up there. But I just look at it, Storm's record, they haven't lost in 20 consecutive games in Queensland. It's absolutely nuts. So, um, yeah, the Dragons will have to, to do it pretty, uh, you know, do a lot to sort of get over the line. But um, as Alana said, Jerome Hughes is still there and he's just killing it at the moment. Right, I think I'll take that as three tips for the Storm. Final game of the round is the Titans up against the Panthers. Alana, David Fafita unsuccessful at the judiciary, a huge out for the Gold Coast up against the, uh, the best team in the competition. What are you expecting from this one? <laughs> Blowout by Penrith, to be honest. They are absolute freaks. They're too good. And there's too many talking points. Like how long do we have left of the podcast? 48 minutes because I could talk about them for so long. Honestly, they're they're incredible. I love Penrith. And um, look, I'd still be tipping Penrith if Titans had Fafita and were full strength and they were firing. Uh, Penrith, they're just, they're another level. And, and they can take their game to another level again. We haven't even seen everything from Penrith yet, which is mind-blowing. But yeah, I don't know. What do you want me to – what else do you want me to say? Like, give me someone you want me to talk about well, if, if that's say, the case. Because honestly like, – <laughs> You played in the halves. This, it's so rare to see a team with two halves who are both so dominant. But, you know, for all the talk about Nathan Cleary, Jerome Luai, 23 try assists last year. He's topping the try assists this year. They combine with each other. They can run a side each. Um, they're both dangerous runners of the game. Cleary takes the long kicks, but Luai's devastating with his short kicks. They, they both – they just combine so well and they know each other so well. As a half, like, what do you think when you – when you watch those two? I just sit back and with a big smile on my face because I know the feeling of playing alongside someone that you want to be there with. And we see that exactly what you just outlined. You see that in the game, how they complement, how they complement one another. They can both kick the footy long, kick the footy short, take the ball to the line, deliver the right pass, make the tackles. They can both do everything. But the fact that they want to do it together don't want to dominate or take the footy off one another, are happy to say, yeah, you got the opportunity, go for it. The fact that they're happy to do it together and know that they're actually playing their best footy with the other person next to them is what makes them so successful. You can tell that they're mates. You can tell that they're having fun. They've obviously got great players around them as well. But the fact that they want to be doing it with one another, I think is what makes them one of, if not the best combination in our game at the moment. And they they complement one another so well and they're just not 
willing or never look like wanting to take the other one's limelight. They're happy to do it together for the team, whatever whatever works best. And we've seen Cleary be the standout some games. We've seen Luai be the standout. And then we've seen games where they're both, you just, you can't separate them. But yeah, they're, they're two incredible individuals, but together they're even better for that, for that reason, I think. All right, uh, Alicia, we're almost out of time, but just give us your thoughts on this, um, you know, Titans attempt to, to stop this Panthers juggernaut. Look, they had a good win against the Tigers, but I still thought that, like, there were cracks in their defence. They still conceded, you know, nearly 30 points. And, um, you know, I think for the, for the Titans to go another level, they need to tighten that up. And without Fafita this week, suddenly their attacking, you know, weapons go down as well. And against this Penrith side that have been defensively sound and, um, you know, I can't see them without Fafita getting over the line in this one just purely because, um, you know, they, they need more than, than just him firing. And without him, they are, they'll struggle. Absolutely. That sounds like three tips for the Panthers to finish the round off. Uh, that's all we've got time for on this preview of round 10 on NRL.com. A uh, huge thanks to you, Alicia, as always. And Alana, thank you so much for joining us and fantastic insights uh, as always. Thank you both so much. Thanks for having me, Legends. Right.